Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It is 9-10, and you got to be careful what you say, because if ever you've told somebody it will be a cold day in hell before I blank... Well, in hell, Trondelag, Norway, that's actually the name of the city in Norway, it is currently 5 degrees. So technically, it is a cold day in hell. So if you've ever told anybody, huh, I'll do that when it's a cold day in hell, you better get busy. Jeff Nowak joins us now, WWL Saint sideline reporter. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's uh, yeah. Thankfully, the the weather's warmed up a little bit. I, I'm I've gotten to the point where I can no longer function when it's below like 40 degrees, and and that's weird because I think I grew up in the north. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Down, so. Did you did you just your body just reacclimated or what? Yeah, I've I've lived in the south for about a decade now, uh, between South Carolina and, and and Louisiana. So I've lost all ability to survive in the cold. I, it's uh, it's not a it's not a good thing, but you know I'll, I'm making it. I lost 80 pounds, and since then I've completely turned around. I, I can't stay <laughs> I can't stay warm now. I really right. can't. So right, I, I'm right, like right. you, man. No, bring it on. 80 degrees would be nice. Maybe I'll feel different when it's 110, but I'm tired of freezing. Let's talk about uh, Mickey Lewis's press conference yesterday. I saw you tweet that it was a, and I don't know if you said animated or what, but you're not the only person that I I said I saw rather that indicated that this was a different kind of press conference for Mickey Loomis. Talk about that. Yeah, I don't know about different, more so than, you know, I think we just saw, you know, he talked for 57 minutes, which is a long time. You know, I like the, the end of season press conference for Dennis Allen was a long one. It was 46 minutes. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, one thing that Mickey made clear yesterday, and I think he's made it clear throughout the building in general is, you know, there's there's going to be some things that need to change in terms of mindset, in terms of accountability, I think. Um, one thing he said was, you know, he talked about he had a meeting with the players and he won't, he's not going to tell anybody what all was said in that meeting. But, you know, one, one theme was basically like, yeah, this we I think we've let some things over the last couple of years maybe slide that are core beliefs that have allowed this organization to be successful over a long period of time. And that's what's going to change. I think the way he phrased it was, you know, it's gotten a bit too comfortable um, over the last couple of years. And I wanted to make it, I being Mickey, wanted to make it uncomfortable and make people aware that, you know, this isn't the status quo. And I think, you know, as you get further and further from the Sean Payton, Drew Brees era, I think that is important because, you know, it's easy to look at it and say, well, 
you're in the same place, you're nine and eight, you're, you're working back toward what the playoffs or whatever, but you have a lot of people in that locker room who weren't a part of those 2017, 2018, 2019 teams. And you have, uh, I think Dennis Allen might be one of the only people in that locker room who was around for the Super Bowl, right? So it's not that it, you're, you're trying to hold people accountable for the first time is that you're trying to set the new standard of, of how you get back to uh, where this organization thinks it should be. So, yeah, I mean, I think Mickey, just from an energy perspective, you saw a guy yesterday that he, you know, he's talked about how he's excited. He's already excited. He said that on WWL for the 2024 season, maybe even a little ahead of schedule in terms of usually take a couple weeks to kind of reset. But I think, he, you know, he, I don't think he's, I don't think he's blowing smoke. I think he genuinely is excited and he feels like, you know, the, the changes that need to be made are going to be made and the tweaks and whatever. And, and you're going to see this team pick up where it left off to some extent. So, you know, I, I think that was kind of my main takeaway is, you know, he's kind of leading by example in that way. Um, and uh, so hopefully others can uh, kind of follow that lead. I, I think um, what, what encouraged me about what he said yesterday was in any organization – when things are going well, he, let me let me go back to the beginning here, Jeff, and pa- bear with me for a second. There was this book that came out years ago, a gimmicky book about who moved my cheese, about change for the sake of change. And, and that was the, a bunch of crap from the beginning, in, in my opinion, right? Because if things are going well, you want to make sure that you do the things to stay on top, but you, you don't want to change just for the sake of change. That being said, I think when things have been going well and maybe they start not to go so well, then that is time. And Mickey Loomis even said it was time for him to look in the mirror, where sometimes you have to take a step back and say, now, wait a minute, what are we getting away from? What were we doing? What aren't we doing anymore? What are we doing that we maybe didn't do before? And how can we improve the whole process? And that's basically what yesterday was about. Yes, I mean, there are things that have to change because there's no there's no alternative, right? Like Drew Brees isn't walking back through that door. You know, like guys aren't aging backwards. So you do need to get more youthful and you need to bring in new faces and new and new and new people to do certain things. But there are also things that can't change in terms of your core beliefs and how you go about your work and and that sort of thing. And and I, I think that's kind of what, you know, the idea when Dennis Allen was hired, I think to some extent was kind of your extending what you know works in the sense of, hey, we've had this culture in place for so long. And I know Mickey doesn't like the term culture in that way, but, you know, you, you call it what you want. You had a, a set kind of platform of how things operated. And frankly, you know, there's a lot of teams in the NFL who would look at the Saints over the last, you know, nearly two decades and say, yeah, that's what we want to be. This is a team that hasn't lost more than, actually hasn't won fewer than seven games since 2005. That's, uh, you know, that's that's not for nothing, right? Now, you know, you'd like there to be more high-end on that on that spectrum in a lot of these other years, but, you know, they're doing something right. Um, one thing that I asked Mickey about in terms of, you know, you, you make a lot of these changes, but the Saints view kind of their patience and their kind of intentionality as a strength. You know, they're not going to be the team that fires coaches 24 hours after the season ends, and that's not by accident. That's by design. Mickey said yesterday that he feels, you know, one of the mistakes that a lot of teams make is is rushing to to do things because they think they're going to get you know undercut by somebody else and like oh we got to hire this guy right now just in case you know rather than go through the whole process of identifying candidates and not just the obvious candidates but the guys where you might have to turn over a, turn over a few rocks and be like well this is a really good option that we might not have seen initially and that happens over the course of of a few weeks as you kind of dive into this 
So, yeah, I think that's kind of where you, you look at this Saints team and you, you're, you're not going to see these kind of sweeping changes. You're not going to see these knee-jerk reaction type, well, we're going to fire this guy based on the emotion of the season or, or whatever. But you do need to be willing to make those changes, and you can go through your process and do that. So I, I, I don't know. I think it's, 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 less of a, it, it's less of a change than it is kind of a rededication to the things you've always done. And there's going to be people that say, well, the things you've been doing haven't been working. And, and I understand that, and you can definitely criticize that. But to me, that's kind of where Mickey is approaching this. Is like we feel like we have a product and a, and a system that gets the job done and has been proven to get the job done. And it's more of a matter of kind of honing in on what works and what we know works than changing everything just for the sake of changing. You know, yeah, and I agree with that. You don't blow everything up. I don't care if it's a football team, a radio station, a grocery store. You don't blow it up just for the sake of blowing it up, right? you got to be analytical in what you do. What I found interesting is he was asked about Derek Carr and input with the offensive coordinator, and he said that we don't ask our players to make decisions. That's not a burden we put on them. But that being said, there has to be a level of comfort and compatibility between – Derek Carr and the new offensive coordinator. I mean, it's like a marriage in a way, is it not? Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I, I rephrased that question to him as well in terms of, I think the way he took that question was, are you going to ask Derek Carr who he wants his offensive coordinator to be? And well, and of course, no, you're not going to do that. That's not how teams operate. But I think it goes the opposite direction in that you need to make sure that whatever offensive coordinator you bring in is going to be able to marry with what Derek Carr wants to do and work with Derek Carr, right? So, yeah, while you're not using Derek Carr as kind of a sounding board of like, okay, what works well with you? What do you do well? And who do you want to work with? Like, whoever you – you can't bring in an offensive coordinator in this season that you don't think is going to jive with with Derek's skill set. So that has to be part of the conversation. Whether Derek's in that conversation is a different animal, but it does have to be – you know, like, because there's a narrow – window that you're going through here it's a you're, you're trying to thread a needle of you're making a you're making a play caller change in a season that kind of has to work mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure on dennis allen there's a lot of pressure on this front office there's a lot of pressure on this organization to you, you don't you don't go from nine you, like you can get to nine and eight and you can and you can sell yourself on no we're not making sweeping changes we believe that we're on the right track but you can't go down from that you can't take a step back you have to take a step forward and so that's why when you when you change your offense coordinators, I look at it as okay, yeah, this should, this could be a good thing, but it, it's only a good thing if it gets better. You know, the, the people like to ignore the idea that hey, things can get worse. You know, there are worse yeah, op- options than a nine and eight season, and so whoever you're bringing in has you know that's a that's a short runway, and they got to fly immediately. So this is a big, big decision, and I think you're gonna you know in, in the end you're gonna look at it and you're gonna say okay, I think you have to make the offensive coordinator decision before you make some of these other decisions, right? Like you need a new wide receivers coach, need a running backs coach, but I don't think you can really make a ton of moves in that, in that area until you know who's leading that room. Because, you know, when Sean was here, this was the opposite, right? I asked, Mm -hmm. I asked Mickey about whether, you know, how the offensive coordinator search differs from some other position coach searches, because, you know, they have so much on their plate. And he kind of likened it to when they went and they hired Dennis Allen. Like when Sean Payton was here, that was flipped. And so you had to be a lot more intentional about the de- the defensive coordinator you brought in because that was had to be the rock star of the defense. Now that flips to the offense. So they do they just need to make sure that whoever they bring in, you know, you can't rush this process. You can't just bring in a hot name because it's a hot name and not think about how it's gonna how that's gonna marry with the rest of the room. So 
yeah, I, I mean, I think this is going to be, uh, you know, this decision is going gonna, is gonna to be huge in terms of how this, this whole thing shapes out over the next few years. How might the Saints offense look different? And who? And we'll get to names of offensive coordinators, not that anybody knows, but some of the names that are being, quote, bandied about, right? But to play to Derek Carr's strengths and given the Saints receiver core as it stands now, what would an improved Saints offense look like that would play to Derek Carr's strengths? Well, you know, we'll talk about Derek Carr in this, but one of the things that, that – 100% has to be better is the offensive run game. Line. Well, in the offensive line as well. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, the offensive line, but I do think the offensive line, you saw that improve throughout the course of the year. I don't think you ever got to a point where the run game was um, as productive as you needed to be, well, right? Well, and as you know, a Jamal matter of fact, Jeff, tell me about that tweet that you sent out about the longest running play. What was it? And it was Tony Jones, I think. Yeah, the longest run play, the individual run play of the season was for 19 yards, which is crazy when you think about it. You're talking about nearly 400 rushing attempts. And that 19-yard run was Tony Jones Jr., mm -hmm. right? I think Kendra Miller also had an 18-yard run. I think Alvin had a 16 or a 17. But you just didn't – you haven't seen – you know, and those are kind of individual ideas, right? So those are the explosive runs that you haven't been getting. But what you also haven't been getting is the consistent, you know, early down efficiency. Jamal Williams had – 2.9 yards per carry this year is the lowest of his career. Jamal, I'm sorry, Alvin Kamara, 3.9, which was, you know, I think the second lowest of his career. So you just haven't been efficient on the ground. And, and while, you know, that's not directly on the quarterback, it does make the quarterback's life a lot more difficult. And you're in more third and long situations where the defense can tee off and Derek's not a particularly mobile guy. So you have to be able to protect him more so than some of the other guys in the league. So, I mean, that's something that has to be better, and that's when you bring in a new offensive coordinator, that has to be part of it. You're talking about a running backs coach, that has to be part of it. And you talk about a wide receivers coach, too. You know, people, I think, underestimate the wide receivers' role in the blocking game for the running, mm -hmm. for the running backs. You know, you talk about, you know, uh, explosive runs. You don't get those explosive runs unless you got guys who are downfield blocking. The offensive linemen aren't the ones sprinting out ahead of the running backs as the wide receivers. So, that's another factor. But, you know, you got to play action more. you got to be more creative. you got to – like, I think you look around and you look at some of the modern effective offenses and you see a lot of motion, you see a lot of misdirection, you see a lot of play action. And that's something that the Saints, I think, got into more later in the year. And you saw the Saints offense be more effective and Derek Carr look more comfortable. So to me, that's kind of, you know, when I look at a new offensive coordinator, I want to see someone who can, you know, not be the Rams, but look a lot more like the Rams in terms of how they operate. And, and like you mentioned, I think they have interviewed, or not interviewed, but at least requested to interview some guys. And a lot of them have Sean McVay connections. All right, let me take a break. We'll pick it up. We come back talking to Jeff Nowak, WWL Saints sideline reporter and contributor, sports reporter. I guess I'll call him. That's what you do, Jeff. We're going to talk more about Mickey Loomis's press conference, about some of the specific questions that Jeff asked him yesterday and some of his takeaways, and also um, talk about the defense-specific players whose names came up yesterday. Questions, comments, 504-260-1870. Tommy Tucker back in a flash, WWL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 928, we're talking about Mickey Loomis's press conference yesterday, and it's funny because people were talking about earlier uh, with the cold weather, should schools be closed, should they not be closed? I, I don't know. I leave that up to the school principals and the school districts because that's what they do. Likewise, when it comes to the Saints, I'm optimistic about next year because I don't know the interior workings of the team. I don't, I don't know what the salary cap situation is. That's what Mickey Loomis gets paid for, and I'm glad that some changes are being made, so I'm optimistic to see what happens next year. Along those lines, yesterday at the press conference, Jeff, what are some specific questions that you asked Mickey that you got the answers to that maybe surprised you or enlightened you? Yeah, I mean, I think we we already went over a couple of them. You know, I I think it's going to be interesting to me to see how this team handles the offensive coordinator search. Um, you know, there's, we've already talked about, you know, they, they've requested to interview a few guys. You know, I, I don't know how long this process is going to go, but I think you do, have to, you do have to approach it almost like a head coaching search, and I think that is kind of how they are going about it. You know, they've, uh, and, and I think that includes internal candidates. I know there's going to be a lot of support for Ronald Curry and potentially getting that job, as there should be. I think he's been around for a long time, and he's a guy people like. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's where, when I look at this team, it's like, again, we, we talked about this and kind of repeating myself a little bit, but you, know, you, don't have a, you don't have a lot of runway here. You don't have a lot of opportunity to say, you know, like this past season, you looked at it and you said, well, it's a new quarterback, right? You're taking, it takes some time to get things, to get things working. Week one through eight of next season, you're not going to have that luxury of being able to say and justifiably say, hey, you know, we're ramping up. Like, no, there's no ramp up. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's no option to do that. So, you know, like, and I think that's when Mickey's talking, I think that's kind of where, where the understanding is of, of how they have to operate, not just how they want to operate, how they have to operate. And guys have to be accountable. They have to do the work. You know, one thing that I know has changed over the last couple of years, and we talked about this a little bit in the – and Mickey talked about this a little bit, is just how, how, how game film is broken down, how film study is done. The new technology means a lot of that has to be done at home and can be done at home, but it also has to be done at home. And you have to rely on people to do that. And you have to rely on people to be accountable for their own jobs. And, and I think that accountability is a big, is a big element going forward. Of, you know, not only is the, is the team and the, and the coaches and the front office going to demand accountability, the players have to be accountable to themselves. And uh, the team leaders have to have to have to lead in that way. And he did put that whole last, and I hate to even bring it up, but the whole Falcons thing—that's that's done, finished, right? Everybody's moving on from that. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing that he did make clear, and I think it should have been kind of obvious to anyone in terms of like there was no there was no incentive to Jamal Williams scoring a touchdown monetarily. Like they, you know, you put incentives in some contracts 
that incentive is never for one touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was asked that, but I, I think we've all kind of come to terms with it. It was just something the players wanted to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, there's got, it's going to continue to be talked about because, you know, we got a long off season here and there's nothing better to do than, than talk about all that. But, um, yeah, I don't think that this team is going to spend a whole lot of time uh, kind of dissecting the, the whole process and the whole reasoning behind what went down there. Now, you do have to make some free agent decisions, and a guy like Jameis Winston, you know, probably isn't going to be back if we're, being, if we're being frank about it. And, you know, I think that's – you're going to make – I think some of these decisions that you make, you have 24 players coming up for free agency by my count. You know, that's, that's going to be something that you have to take a long look at and say, okay, who do we want back and who, who makes sense to bring back? Um, guys like Michael Thomas, guys like Andres Pete. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's going to weigh into your offseason decision-making of, okay, we're building this room. How are we building it? And, and who, who is going to be a positive uh, impact on that room? You know, Seinfeld did this bit a long time ago that I often quote about how, you know, players come and go, so you're really cheering for the uniforms, not the players necessarily. But with the, mm-hmm. with the new well, – not new free agency, but the way – with the CBA and the way free agency works – like you just said, the matter the matter of the fact is the team's going to look different next year than it did this year. Every team's going to look different, and in a way, that kind of plays to the Saints' advantage, does it not? Or to a team that's looking to make some changes. I mean, I don't think they're going to look significantly different next year. You know, you might add a few pieces here or there. You're obviously going to get some rookies in. You're going to sign a free agent or two, but I think you're you're seeing most of the starters from this year are going to be the starters next year. You might end up seeing two or three new bodies. The, the question is going to be, do you bring a guy like Jonathan Abram back, right? Like a veteran player who mm-hmm. I think played well, but is not maybe integral, integral to, to the process, but you do probably want to keep around a guy like Ike Adam is interesting, played really well, but is he going to get a contract in free agency that you probably can't match mm-hmm. because the team wa- looks at what he's done this year and says, I want that. You see on me, uh, that's a big Jack deal. 27 is yes. a big deal because he played well. And if he's not back, that's going to be a big difference. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, a guy like Marshawn Lattimore, I think, you know, there's going to be some questions of do you, do you look into trades for him uh, and in order and, and does that open up a path for Alante Taylor to be the outside corner and then you make something work at in the slot? I think there's a lot of questions like that. But generally speaking, I think the core of this group is going to be the same. You're not going to be making any major changes. There aren't going to be any blockbuster trades that really kind of like just change the entire core of your offense or defense. But those small tweaks are important, and they have to they have to be the right ones. And I think there's been a few that you've made over the past few years that have not necessarily landed the way you'd hoped they would. Um, and and that's where I think you're looking at it. But but generally speaking, the team you saw on the field last year is going to be similar to the team you see on the field next year. You need to see different results, uh, particularly in games against playoff caliber teams, which is where the Saints really really flagged this year. What are some of the players that he mentioned specifically? Uh, I don't. I don't think he mentioned anyone specifically in terms of in terms of Mickey. But you know, like I well, said, Trevor Penning's name came. Trevor Penning's name came up, right? Okay. Yes, Trevor. Yeah, we did talk about Trevor Penning, and that's going to be a question of how they develop the first round rookie from last year. Um, one thing that Mickey in, has been pretty consistent about in terms of of this process is he feels like Trevor got thrown in as a starter a bit too early. He was not ready. Um, and, and I know that's a frustrating answer for people because you're saying, well, he's a first-round pick. There shouldn't be a two-year ramp-up process for a first-round pick. Um, but and, and that's definitely a fair, <laughs> a fair criticism. Mm-hmm. But 
one thing that he, he made clear that they're not giving up on Trevor in, in the sense of he didn't play this year, so it's over. That's not the case. They're going to go into this offseason and have a plan for him. And I think when you look at how they approached this season, they really treated it like his rookie season because obviously he was hurt the majority of his rookie season. He didn't have a the standard offseason. He was dealing with Liz Frank surgery. And so you didn't get that process that a lot of first to second year players typically get. And so I think there's some hope that you kind of get him on a program for this offseason. He's healthy and you go into next season on, on a much more you know, upward trajectory than you saw this year where they feel like he probably wasn't ready week one and they threw him in and he lost all of his confidence and it wasn't good, it wasn't working, and they changed course midway through. I think it was the Texans game that they that they went a different route. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's kind of where you're looking at it is um, you're not giving up on Trevor, but you do need to come up with a plan and get him where he needs to be to potentially get back into the starting lineup because, you know, you can't just give up on first-round picks in that way. Um, I don't think you're going to change positions for him this offseason. You know, maybe you do down the road if, if this, this season, you, this next season you go into and he still can't hack it at, at the tackle position. But I think he does profile as a tackle. Um, and and maybe, maybe if that doesn't work, you change down the road. But I think his, his program and how you ramp him up this offseason is going to be a major focus. Uh, Doug Marone is still the offensive line coach. They didn't make a move there. I think there still could be some moves made. But as of right now, I think that group is, is the one you're looking at. So, yeah, I mean, Trevor, Trevor's got to be better. He's got he's to improve. He's got to do the work. And I think the Saints have to put him in a position to, to succeed. All right, real quick, next up on the things uh, list of things to do for the Saints, next up, free agency? Fire, or sorry, hire an offensive coordinator to me is the first thing. You know, free agency is not going to be something you worry about for a couple, for a couple months here. you got the senior bowl coming up. You're going to start scouting. Um, but but you really need to just get into the weeds in this offense coordinator search because until you know who that is, I, I don't think you can have a lot of the answers to these questions that you need. So to me, that's the next step. You know, you can start looking at op- options and candidates for some of these other roles, and you can start weighing your options on free agency. But again, until you get that OC figured out, I don't think you can do a lot else. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate your time. Jeff Nowak, WWSL St. Sideline reporter. Follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore N-O-W-A-K. Taking a break, coming back, talking to Ollie Cosell about the Pelicans, 938-22 till 10. Traffic now, WWL. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.